Good morning once again, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, look alive, look alive. Uh, delighted to be with you during this uh, special time of year. What an honor it is just to celebrate the birth of our Lord and to, to talk about it, to marvel in it, to revel in it. Uh, last week, what did we talk about last week? <laughs> Anybody remember? So, signs and symbols of Christ's birth. We talked about um, the, how he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. They laid him in a manger, how that was a sign. We talked about that. We talked about in detail the star of Bethlehem. Talked about the, the gifts, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the significance of that. And uh, just really enjoyed uh, going through that with each of you. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about the significance of a name anyone's name, particularly Jesus' name. And we know there's, there's many names uh, that our God has. Uh, and I'm just excited to talk to everyone about, about that today. So uh, the big idea today, uh, as Austin shared, is enjoy Jesus, Emmanuel, this Christmas season. So that's the big idea. And, and a lot of these messages, if you guys haven't figured out um, I'm, I'm oftentimes preaching them to myself, maybe more than I am to you, because I have to remind myself to slow down, to enjoy this special time. Some of you might already be thinking, oh, got to get Christmas presents for this person, and we've got to figure out these travel vans, and oh, there's a storm coming this week, and I didn't put up this decoration, and what about this, you know, and then, and then unexpected things happen. Someone's in the hospital or passes away, and then it just adds to the stress, and then we get so caught up in all this planning and decorating and buying gifts, et cetera, and then all of a sudden Christmas is here, and you're like, wow, that, that wasn't fun at all, you know, and, and I, I know that's happened to me many times. You kind of get to Christmas Day, and you're like, man, where was that, like, magic of Christmas, that big hallmark moment that, uh, you know, the TV promised that I'd have with my family, you know, it didn't turn out how I thought, and sometimes we can have these unrealistic expectations, so the reason I'm doing these messages is to get us to slow down, to think about what this time of year is all about, and just to really revel and marvel in who, who Jesus is, who our God is. And it's, it's really, really amazing when we take the time to do that. So I hope today that we're encouraged and that we can enjoy Jesus, Emmanuel, this Christmas season. So uh, I've got a quote up here. Some of you probably remember this from high school English class. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called. Retain that dear perfection which he owes. Without that title, Romeo, doff thy name. That's Juliet speaking from Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 2, by William Shakespeare. Has anybody read Romeo and Juliet since high school? <laughs> since, since high school? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, Juliet, in my very humble opinion, and I will, I will admit, as I think I did last week and a number of times, I don't know everything. I'm still learning. There's a lot of you here that probably maybe even know more about the Bible than I do. But from my humble opinion, Juliet didn't quite have it all together here. I think she was a little mistaken. Um, I guess that's what love can do to us, right? It, it clouds our judgment. I know when Haley and I were courting, dating, whatever, just had her on a pedestal and just, you know, then we got married, and you start finding out other things, and as you guys know, and I still put her on a pedestal, tell her she's the most beautiful woman in the city, yep, over and over. <laughs> yeah, right, yep. Um, so, but love clouds our judgment, right? And I think we kind of see that here with, with Juliet. So sure, sure, Romeo would smell the same and have the same 
perfection that Juliet saw in him without the title Romeo, but then he would lose his same identity. He would lose his same identity without that name. You see, Romeo was from the Montague family. And with a different name, he wouldn't belong to that family. Who would he then be without his name? And I think that's something important for us to realize that, that, that our, our identity is so precious. It's such a valuable thing. And, and a lot of times when Christians or when people get saved, they maybe pray that prayer and say, okay, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm going to make you my Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to make you my savior. And, and, then, and then we get frustrated because we're still struggling with the flesh. And then we start saying, man, Paul, Why'd you screw up there again? What a loser. Uh, you should be beyond this now. Things like that. And we start thinking of ourselves as a sinner. We think of ourselves as a loser. We think of ourselves as a screw up. And, then, and that's the voice that we keep repeating in our head over and over. And that's what our identity becomes. And see, we need to do the opposite of that. We need to cling to what the truth of scripture tells us. It says, no, you are a child of God. If, if indeed Jesus is your savior. And you, got, you guys know, this is one of the biggest fallacies that uh, I've heard pastors preach from the pulpit, oh, all of us are God's children. It's, it's not true. Everyone is made in the image of God. That's true. Every single person I'm looking at right now bears the image of God. Whether you're a child of God, that's a decision that you need to make. John, John 1, 12, yet to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Amen. We, 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 must, we must make that decision to accept. And because it did not Jesus call the Pharisees sons of Satan? Well, I thought we were all God's children. Well, then why did Jesus call some people sons of Satan, right? There are, there are people that are sons of the devil. In fact, in Ephesians 2, it talks about the sons of disobedience. In Ephesians 2, there are people who are not children of God. But we who are in Christ, we need to think of ourselves like that. I'm a child of God. I'm a saint of God. I'm I'm, I'm holy in his eyes. I'm a warrior for Christ. When we start thinking of ourselves like that, which, are, which is all true, by the way, in fact, I have a, a bookmark in my Bible that has the, eight, the, the ABCs of who we are in Christ. It goes all the way through Z. So uh, alive with Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing, complete in Christ, dead to sin. You know, it, it, goes, it goes on and on. And it's just such a good thing to remind me of who I am. So, so that's one main point I want to get across to everybody today. Our identity is so precious. It's so valuable. And Satan himself thought he could trick Jesus out of his own identity, didn't he? Do you remember that? When he went out in the desert and he was tempted? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You know, he, he was trying to get Jesus to doubt who he was. Christian, that is how important it is that we know who we are, that we know our identity. Because Satan knows if we don't know who we are or convinces us that we're something else that we're really not, then he has us under his power. So we, we must cling to who we are in Christ. We must cling to that. Um, get even more specifically now, talking about people's names. So pe people's names are very important to them, are they not? They feel so delighted and valued when someone remembers their name. I, I do the best I can uh, to do that. And, and there has been a couple instances here where we've had a new person that's come. I met them. They came the next Sunday and said, hey, Cliff and Nancy, good to see you again. <gasps> yeah. 
you remembered our name. You know, it, and, and just what a blessing. Isn't that, there's nothing, there's nothing that someone loves to hear more than the sound of their own name, right? Except when they, you hear your name and then you hear people talking badly about you like, oh, that Paul Letvin, he's, we will. <laughs> but we, we, love, we love hearing our name, right? Um, I used to teach elementary music. Uh, many of you know that. Some of you may not. Uh, one year, there, there were three boys in kindergarten, uh, in three different sections of kindergarten, whose names were Travon, Traven, and Trevin. Okay, so three, three different kids. Travon, Traven, and Trevin. Uh, as you can imagine, I frequently mixed up the pronunciation of their names when addressing each of them, and most every time, each of them would be swift to correct me, sometimes adamantly and aggressively. Uh, oh, Tra Traven, Travon! <laughs> yeah, yesterday I was... <laughs> this other year, oh goodness, I had this kid, uh, her name was, her name was Nisa, but I, I was continually, you know, I, I had a little seating chart and I'd have their names by where, this, where they were sitting so that I'd know which, you know, I, I, had to, I had to know like, it was like 320 kids' names at this one elementary school that I had. I had all the, the sections, you know, K through five. So it was tough with this, this one girl, I, I'd call on her, oh, Nissa, Nisa. Yeah, yes, she, she, there'd be like this quick little outburst of, of anger and then she'd go right back to her sweet little self. Oh, Nissa, Nisa. Yeah, Mr. Letvin, I was going <laughs> to, whoa. But I mean, it, it's, it's so important. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal uh, for us to remember people's names. Our, our identities are found in our names. Myself, you know, I, I have many different names like Dada, Mr. Letvin, Pastor, Hunbun. Hey, you, uh, you know, uh, whatever uh, other names I've been called that I won't repeat here, but uh, God, God has many names too, right? There, there's many aspects and qualities of who God is. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but anyway, if we, if we look up, uh, so translation for, for my name, Paul would be small, little, or humble. I uh, had a, a dear uh, other pastor friend, Dave Dave Mata, still, still dear friend, he, he's uh, retired from pastoring now, but every time I'd see him, he's like, oh, little Paul, so good to see you. He'd, he'd call me little Paul. And, and, and you know what? I, I like that, actually, because uh, especially in my, in my youth, um, I, I, was, I, was proudful. I, I was prideful. I, there were some things I, I was good at, and I knew it, and whatever, and uh, God's definitely humbled me and tempered me over the years, still working on me. But uh, one of the things I pray every, every day when I have my personal prayer time is, keep me little and unknown, loved and prized by Christ alone. I've never had a desire to be famous. I don't want to be famous. I, uh, God is the one who needs to be worshiped and glorified. When man is worshiped and glorified, it goes to their head and bad things start happening. I'm sure you guys are aware of many stories of pastor after pastor after pastor that gets elevated to this high status, has this big mega church of thousands of people writing books, etc., and then they fall, whether it's because of pride, anger, immorality, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I, I, I never want to be in that boat. So I constantly am asking, okay, Lord, keep me little and unknown, loved and prized by Christ alone, just, just like my name means. And I, I, strive, I strive to be humble. Josiah, his name means healed by Yahweh. 
He's got the word Yah in his name, Josiah. You know, it's got uh, healed by Yahweh or God has healed or God supports. Uh, there was another translation I found years ago uh, that also said the Lord burns. Anyway, so those are a couple options of what uh, Josiah's name means. And actually, uh, well, I wasn't expecting this to happen. It must be a spirit thing. Uh, my wife and I lost our first child due to miscarriage uh, right after we got married. And then Josiah is now our, our first firstborn living child. And of course, you know, uh, for those who have lost a child in, in any way in, in the congregation here, part of how God heals you is when you have another child. And uh, so, so Josiah certainly did that for my wife and I. So kind of neat. But I've always loved the name Josiah. You know, he was, he was you know, there was never a king before him or, or, or after him, you know, who followed, followed the Lord as God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength. Uh, James, it's interesting how this name is kind of fitting for him too. Supplanter, to trip up or overthrow. Variants of Jacob, seizing by the heel. You guys know the story of Jacob in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's been funny just to see that kind of develop in James. He, he's very sneaky. He, he is, he's very sneaky, and he, he finds ways of, I mean, he's, he's quiet, he's stealthy, he'll find ways to trick you, and now he's got this little Rubik cube where if you press a button, you know, five seconds later, it'll go, eh, so he likes, he'll sneak up and put it, and all of a sudden, you know, I hear this eh, behind me, like, whoa, and, and James is like nowhere to be seen. I mean, he's just, anyway, so uh, that's kind of fun. So James. Next one, Jude. Praise, the praised one. It's a variant of, of Judah. God be praised. And uh, I, I've seen that in Jude. Yeah, he, he's just like, thanks, mom and dad, for making this meal for, you know, he, like he, he, he seems to be constantly full of praise. You know, it's just kind of a neat thing. And we, and we praise God for Jude. Noel, this is a very, very important special time in the Letvin household. Uh, Haley and I have always loved Christmas, and uh, that's one of the reasons we named our daughter Noel, our, our one and only daughter. I tell her, uh, you're my favorite daughter. She's like, thanks, Dad. You know. uh, so Noel's name means Christmas or, or, or the Lord's birthday, if you look at the original Latin, kind of what it means, or, or birth, birth of our Lord is what it means. And then I, I uh, now I've been calling her my, my little pierogi. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, pierogi is a Eastern European dumpling. It usually has kind of a potato cheese filling. So it'd be, it'd be like the equivalent of calling you, hey, you're my little dumpling. You know, or, so I call her my little pierogi. Or if it was Ukrainian, it'd be uh, veraniki is what, is what we, we had growing up. But uh, yeah, I call her, you're my little pierogi. And, uh, and uh, she, she even brings that up. She's like, I'm your little pierogi. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Jesse, God's gift or the Lord exists. Or my husband. I found, found a couple, couple different uh, meanings on this. I was talking with Haley last night. She's like, yeah, I like, I like the God's gift one. <laughs> but yeah, he, he certainly is a gift. I think, man, he's got to be our most smiley baby we've had. Just uh, uh, has been moving around sooner than the other kids, eating sooner. Of course, he's got four older siblings to compete with and sees them doing all these things. And, uh, but he, he certainly has been a gift to us. And uh, you know, and, and I, I like that second one too, the, the Lord exists. You know, uh, Richard Wormbrand, who was one of the founders of the Voice, Voice of the Martyrs, was in prison for, in and out of prison, 13 years, you know, uh, very extreme conditions in Ro Romania. And, uh, anyway, but he said one of, the, one of the things he would tell himself every day, God, God exists, he's real. You know, I, I mean, you don't have a Bible, you're away from Christians and you, you have to keep telling yourself these truths over and over or you, you lose your mind as many people did. 
But yeah, so that's a good reminder when I see Jesse. Okay, the Lord exists. Um, pretty neat. Haley, my wife. Hayfield. <laughs> or Hayes Meadow. I, f- I found a, another one as I was re- um, getting this, this message ready. Uh, uh, the, I- the Irish meaning is, is wise one uh, of, of Haley's name. And I would say she certainly is a wise woman. But anyway, we could go on and on. I, sorry I didn't do everybody's name here, but just... Uh, <laughs> It's, 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 it's kind of fun to do that. I encourage you. If you don't know what your name means, maybe you should look it up and just think about that a little bit. Let's move on uh, to our Savior. Jesus, or Yeshua, means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. That's what his name means. And that Yeshua, from my understanding, is, is the same name that, that Joshua had in the, in the Old Testament. So it would have been Yeshua, you know, Joshua, uh, you know, who took over after Moses. And then, and then Jesus, yep, Yeshua, the, the, Lord, the Lord saves. Christ means uh, anointed one. So that's what, that's what Christ means. Uh, one of my favorite names for God is found uh, in Genesis when uh, Abraham takes Isaac up to sacrifice and, th- and then the Lord provides the ram and then they name the place um, Adonai Yirah. Adonai Yirah, which means that the Lord provides. And even more deeply, it, me- it means that he, he sees what we need and he does something about it. You know, like the, the Lord provides. A, a, lot of, a lot of people have, you know, called that Jehovah Jireh, you know, but uh, really that's not a, as good of a translation as you could have. It'd be more appropriately, from, from the studying I've done anyway, more, more appropriately translated Adonai Yirah. So, so the, Lord, the Lord provides. That's one of my favorite names. Another name that Jesus uh, is known by was foretold by the prophet Isaiah. And we see that in Isaiah 7:14. This was part of our reading this morning. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, you've probably noticed a couple different spellings in the song that we sang. It had an E. Here it has an I. I think they, they spelled it with the E because it would be more appropriately pronounced Emmanuel. You know, in a lot of different languages, that I is pronounced as an E sound. So same pronunciation, just a different spelling. Yep, he, and his name shall be called e- Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us. Now think about that. God with us. You know, there's some people that are deists or different beliefs, etc. They think, oh yeah, God just put the world into motion and now he's sitting back and laughing and just watching and not doing anything. That's not true. God, God, God is with us. He's omnipresent. He's active in what we're doing. And, and this was just like the epitome of how, of how active he is in our lives. He's like, I'm going to actually send my son God, you know, and he's going to be with you, God with us. I mean, can you imagine the disciples, you know, sitting around the table eating with Jesus or on the boat and it's like, wow, God is right here. <laughs> there he is. You know, I mean, that, I, I just, I just can't get over it, you know? So let, let that soak in God with us, God with us. He's with us in Matthew 1, 21 through 23. This is where that was fulfilled. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So that was what the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, said to Joseph in a dream in Matthew. Uh, now we see that same angel angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, and he said this in Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 35. 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Yeshua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. It's interesting and I think noteworthy that both Joseph and Mary received the memo on what the name of this child was supposed to be. Jesus, Yeshua. You know, they made it very clear. This is what you're going to name this child. So the name must have been very important to God, knowing that the Lord would save us from our sins through this little baby. And that's what the name means, right? The Lord saves. So he knew that this baby would save us from our sins and wanted to make sure that was his name. Some other names of Jesus uh, were foretold uh, by the prophet Isaiah. We see that in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I don't know about you, but one part in this verse that excites me is the government shall be upon his shoulder. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. It's like, yes, the rightful, perfect, righteous, mighty, wonderful king will be perfectly ruling over everything and everyone. As we know right now, uh, our government has failed us in so many ways, and I, I can't wait for Jesus to be the one who's uh, running the show and running the government. And, and that, that day is coming. That day is coming uh, when the rightful king will be in charge. Now, I just want to listen to a little bit. Uh, many of you probably are familiar with this, uh, with this song, but this is from, from Handel's Messiah. Really interesting story behind that anyway. He was kind of at his last leg and needed money so he'd stay out of debtor's prison when he was writing um, and, and it's just called Messiah. It's not called the Messiah. Some people make, mix that up, but it's an oratorio. Uh, the, the most famous piece that everyone knows from that is the Hallelujah Chorus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Everyone, everyone nod if you recognize. Or, okay. <laughs> Interact with me. I'm a real person. <laughs> my name's Paul. <laughs> That's my identity. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but but another, another piece uh, from, from that... Um, oratorio is this very verse. So I just want to listen to a little bit of this. Hopefully it'll be loud enough for everybody to hear. And these are boys singing, by the way.
So, every time I see this verse, or read this verse, I, I automatically think of this song. Even when I got this card in the mail, uh, my, my, my sister got a, one of those Christmas care packs that are uh, in your bulletin in our honor, and then we got this card sent to us, got, got the ornaments in here, which we put on our tree, but right on the front was that verse, and as soon as I read it, for unto us, I'm just, it's, I, can't, I can't help it. It's just a, a song of infamy. I, I love it. So I uh, encourage you, uh, if, if you get the chance, just to take some time to go through Handel's Messiah. There's, there's Christmas devotionals. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, one thing you might have noticed in there, and I was talking to a, a brother in the Lord yesterday about this, how, you know, there, there's a pause in the song between Wonderful and Counselor. Wonderful Counselor the mighty God. But then in a lot of versions, including the version I use the most, the ESV version, there, there isn't a comma, but in the King James version, there is a comma after wonderful. So, so kind of an interesting thing to, to think about. So I, I have four, those four names listed in your bulletin, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But one, one could look at it as even five names and have wonderful just on its own. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. But, um, one thing I really like about this verse as well is that, is that it's a picture of the Trinity. You know, the word, the word Trinity is not in the Bible anywhere, but this is one of, those, one of those passages where we see that. You know, we see the Son, the print. We see, you know, Counselor. That's the word that they use for the Holy Spirit. You know, fa- Father, m- Mighty God. You know, so, so we, we see that triune fo- uh, form of God in, in a sense through this verse. So let's take a look at each of these names. We're not going to go into real depth today, but just want to give a little... Uh, taste of it. So the first one, wonderful counselor. So, so if we, like I said, if we even break those words up, you know, wonderful on its own uh, would just mean marvelous or, or to make great. Okay. So like marvelous or to make great. And in fact, there's a verse in uh, Judges 3.18, sorry, Judges 13.18, Judges 13.18, where they, where they ask the angel, what's your name? And the angel says, well, my, my name, my name is, is wonderful. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's beyond, uh, you know, kind of beyond your comprehension to even understand it. It's just, it's just so uh, marvelous and, and great. So that's uh, a little taste of what that word uh, wonderful could mean. Um, in, in, Reve- in Revelation 19.12, there's another uh, reference toward this idea. You know, it talks about how Jesus has many diadems and, and, and written uh, is a name that no one knows but himself. You know, this, this wonderful marvelous name that only Jesus knows. You know, so if we look at that, you know, the word wonderful really could stand on its own. I really appreciated that conversation with that brother yesterday that pointed that out to me. Yeah, because in the King James, there, there is a comma between wonderful and counselor. And obviously, Handel had a break between wonderful and counselor. So kind of an interesting thing to think about. Now, counselor, that, that word of itself really means one of honorable rank, great wisdom. So, so you could have counselor by itself and it, and it would be like a, a positive meaning. Like in the sense, you don't even really need the word wonderful to be paired up with counselor because the name counselor by itself, you know, the, the root would be, you know, one of honorable rank, somebody with great wisdom. The kind of person that I would like to go to when I'm want to asking about how to invest my finances or, uh, give me some marriage advice on this. You know, you, you want to go to someone that has great wisdom, right? So, so, so God, uh, Jesus is marvelous, okay, um, miraculous even. He's also a counselor, one of honorable rank, great wisdom. And then we see that in John 14, 26, where it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So we have a counselor in Jesus, someone who comforts us. You know, and that's that role of the Holy Spirit in, that, in, in the triune God uh, that we have. Uh, and, and all of us need to be comforted at times. All of us have burdens at times. And uh, a, good, a good reference for that, many of you know this. Um, I think it's even on the Statue of Liberty or Ellis Island somewhere. Um, Ma- Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christian, my encouragement to you this Christmas season, let, let Jesus be that counselor for you. Let Jesus be that counselor. Give your burdens to him. He, he has a light workload. See, it's, it's good for us to work. It's good for us to have things. But a lot of times we, we place way too much on ourselves and it's, a, it's a, a load that's way too heavy that we shouldn't even be trying to carry. And here Jesus is saying, here, let me, let me help you with that. Let me, let me counsel you. Let me, let me comfort you with these burdens. And all, all of us I know have unique circumstances going on in our lives. So embrace Jesus as wonderful. Embrace him as counselor. Number two, mighty God. Mighty God. Uh, this is somewhat in reference to how, how God is a warrior. In fact, in, in, in Exodus, Exodus 15, 3, it says that, you know, the, the, Lord, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. You know, he's, he, he's mighty. He goes out to battle. He, he's mighty to save. Um, Jesus, um, okay, now, now, before I get ahead of myself, let's, let's just take a look at this verse. Um, John, John 1, 1 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word. The Word is God, and the Word became a man. Wow. Wow. And I, and I know for some of you, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Let, let, let this sink in. Let it become fresh. Jesus is the word. The word is God. And the word became a man through that small child. What an amazing thing that is. Now, there's a, I, I just got an email recently. Um, I, I had to share this with everybody. Just really fascinating and a little disturbing. Um, but I'm going to share it. So... Let me find it here. Okay. Many people in, who claim to be Christians might say something like this. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Um, are you aware? So, so you, might, you might expect secularists and theological liberals to make this declaration, but a recent survey conducted by Legionnaire Ministries and Lifeway Research found that, now, now listen carefully here, 43% of evangelicals in the USA affirm that statement. 43% of people who claim to be evangelical Christians in the United States affirm Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 38% strongly affirmed that Jesus was not God. 
I find this shocking. Now, I'm reading, this is the email from Tom Short, but I, I echo what he's saying. I find this shocking. This is what cults such as Jehovah's Witnesses teach. Are our churches not teaching who the true Jesus is? Is our theology so shallow that four out of ten professing believers aren't in agreement with one of the most fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith? Hear the warning given to us by Jesus. Let, let this wake us up, Christians. So this, this is a warning from Jesus, John chapter 8, verse 24. He says this, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. So when Jesus said we must believe that I am he, it appears he was hearkening back to Exodus three fourteen where God told Moses his name was, I am who I am. If so, this verse indicates that those who reject the deity of Jesus Christ will die in their sins. They may attend a fine church. They may have asked Jesus into their hearts. And they might even raise their hands during worship. But they're still in their sins. No wonder our churches are so weak. They're filled with believers who don't believe. Let that wake us up, Christians. Jesus is the mighty God. He is the mighty God who created us. It talks about that in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's who Jesus is. He is God. He's the one who created. A lot of people look at that and they say, oh, look, he was the firstborn. That means he was born. Well, no, that's just a title of authority. So, so, uh, it's, uh, I, Psalm or Isaiah talks about how, how David is the, the firstborn. Of, well, we know he wasn't physically the firstborn, right? So it's, it's a title of authority. See, these cults take these verses and they twist them and mix them to mean what they want. Uh, but the point is, Jesus is God. Uh, even in John 20, verse 28, what did Thomas, the doubter, say? My Lord and my God. People say, oh, Jesus' disciples never called him God. It's a lie. There's numerous instances where one can see that, infer that. Thomas actually even said it. John 20, verse 28, my Lord and my God. So his disciples believed he was God. Uh, he said, I am he, you know, uh, there's, there's so much. So if you're sitting in that boat, and this is a warning, as a shepherd who's watching over your souls, your, your eternal well-being, as well as your temp temporal well-being, I encourage you, ask yourself, do you believe that Jesus is, is God? If you don't, you are still in your sins. I didn't say it. Jesus did. So, uh, reevaluate your theology uh, if, if you're not on board with that. Very important. Three, everlasting father. Jesus is our everlasting father. In John 10, 30, it says, I and the father are one. In this father aspect, it, it uh, sh show, shows compassion. I need to keep showing more compassion as a father. But, uh, he shows compassion to us. I've talked about this in the past. God, God's chesed love, that word chesed, 
which really means long-suffering, long covenantal love, how God pursues us. He loves us. He shows us that, that compassion. Uh, God is the father of the fatherless. Uh, Psalm 68, verse 5. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows. In, in, in God, or sorry, is God in his holy habitation. So he's our everlasting father. And then lastly, number four, uh, Jesus is our prince of peace. Our prince of peace. And this, uh, upon looking at this, this might not mean exactly what you think it means. When we think of prince of peace, oh yeah, a nice pr prince and he comes and makes sure that no one's fighting. And uh, that's really not what it means. You know, uh, and this was another thing I learned from this brother yesterday is that, uh, and I guess I was familiar with it, but it was, it was a good reminder that uh, in, in battle, you know, the, the kings rarely ever went in the battle. You know, they, they were too valuable. But so, so the princes would go into battle, you know. So that's kind of an, an interesting aspect to think about that title of prince. And peace, you know, uh, the Hebrew word shalom for that, a lot of people just interpret that, oh, shalom means peace. Well, it, it, it means a lot more than that. It, it, means, it means whole or everything in its wholeness. Or as I, as I heard... Uh, um, a rabbi friend, Alan, share. I think it was Alan that shared it, Rabbi Alan. But, you know, that, that, that state of shalom or peace, it's, it's when everything is as it should be or everything as it was meant and supposed to be. You know, like when God created the Garden of Eden before any sin and things like, like that was shalom. It's God's design. There's no sin. Everything is as it, as it should be. So that's really what peace is in context here, or what that word shalom means. In John 14, 27, this kind of even gives us a clue of that. Peace I leaveth you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. That's an interesting phrase there. You know, when we, when we talk to people like, oh, we want world peace, we want the war in Ukraine to stop, blah, blah, blah. You know, so that's, that's what these government officials, that the antichrist is going to come and do that. Here, I've got the solution. We're going to put everything, at, you know, the peace, the peace that they're talking about and offering is not the same as the peace that Jesus gives us. You know, his, his peace is so much better. It's like everything is as it should be. It, everything is made whole, okay? Um, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Uh, and I love that verse in Colossians 3.15 where it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And I encourage you with that. I encourage myself with that this Christmas season. Let that peace that Jesus offers us, not, not as the world offers, but that Jesus offers us, let that peace reign in your heart this Christmas season and the months and weeks and days ahead. And Christians, I'm telling you, uh, we have a wild ride ahead of us. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Jesus, I hope and pray and believe is coming soon. Uh, I don't know the exact timeline. Nobody does, but uh, we're going to need this peace. We will need this peace. Let's practice it today, uh, being in that state. I, I, I allow myself to get way too worked up about uh, things that I shouldn't be and um, just need to be ab abiding in Jesus. And what a, what a great time to do that this time of year. I'm going to close with this uh, um, yep, so Emmanuel, God with us in the form of a child. How astounding that is. So I'm going to read uh, these uh, stanzas from O Astonishing Grace. This is by Charles Wesley, 1745. O Astonishing Grace, that the reprobate race should be so reconciled. What a wonder of wonders that God is a child. The creator of all, 
to repair our sad fall. From heaven stoops down, lays hold of our nature, and joins to his own. Our Emmanuel came, the whole world to redeem. And incarnated showed that man may again be, may be united to God. The big idea, once again, enjoy Jesus, Emmanuel, this Christmas season. Uh, let's pray. We'll close with one song. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for coming. We thank you for being born. Thank you for the prophecies that were fulfilled. Jesus, with you coming and how everything fell into place as, as was prophesied. You were born of a virgin. Your name was Emmanuel, Jesus. And we praise you for that today. Lord, I pray that we'd be in wonder, that we'd be in awe of who you are. Help us to remember how important names are, how important your names are, how important our names are, and who we are in Christ. Lord, help us to cling to that. Lord, help us not to allow ourselves to play those junk recordings in our brains that Satan tries to get us to play. What a loser. What a screw-up. What a failure. You're never going to fix this. And then we start thinking of ourselves like that. Just a wretched sinner. That's all you are. Lord, it's, it's not true. Thank you that we are your children by accepting Christ as our Savior. Thank you that we are loved by you. Thank you that we are holy, that you, we're your saints. Thank you that we're a part of what you're doing, Lord. I, I pray that we would continue to have a healthy identity of ourselves as we meditate on, on your identity, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.